Hi everyone, welcome to Telling Lies to Children. This is Paul Durham. On today's episode of the podcast, we are talking to a, gate, a gatekeeper. Now, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you may hear me and my guests talk about gatekeepers all the time. And uh, what gatekeepers are in children's publishing, uh, those are the uh, librarians, you know, children's librarians, school librarians. Uh, they are parents. Uh, they're teachers. They're anybody who finds uh, great books for kids and gets them into the you know their readers' hands. It's an in, incredibly important job. It's a uh, it's a it's it's a task that uh, takes a lot of care and effort. And uh, gatekeepers are just uh, just so important uh, to children's publishing. This podcast really is is intended for the gatekeepers out there. Uh, on today's show, we actually have a gatekeeper, a great one. Her name is Jen Underhill, and she is the chair of the SSYRA committee. Now, what is the SSYRA committee, you may ask? SSYRA stands for the Sunshine State Young Readers Award. Now, that is Florida's uh, annual reading uh, award list. It's a statewide reading motivational program uh, for students in grades three through eight throughout the state of Florida. Uh, it's sponsored by the Florida Department of Education, by the Florida Association for Media and Education, and the purpose is really just to encourage students to read independently um, for pleasure. And um, and it's it's a great award list. I'm very lucky that uh, to be on it this year. The Luck Uglies is on uh, this year's SSYRA list, and uh, I will actually be participating in a Twitter chat, uh, a live Twitter chat this Thursday, September 15th, from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, with SSYRA librarians and anyone else who cares to, to jump in and, and participate. So if, uh, if you have any questions for me uh, and you're on Twitter, you can follow me uh, at pauldurhambooks.com. That's actually my website. My Twitter handle is at pauldurhambooks. So you can follow me. You can follow SSYRA's Twitter handle and uh, just uh, just participate, send some questions along, and I'll be answering them all. So, But today, uh, Jen Underhill is the chair of the SSYRA committee. She is a uh, terrific gatekeeper herself. She's a librarian. Um, she's constantly finding books for the students at her school. And I just had a really great and interesting conversation with her. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. And so pick it up with me and Jen after the intro. Thanks for joining us today. Shh. Are the kids gone? Good. It's time for Telling Lies to Children with me, your host, Paul Durham. This is a first-of-its-kind podcast, one hosted by a children's author, that's me again, but intended for adults who live and breathe children's literature. That's you. Whether you're a librarian, a media specialist, a teacher, or a parent, we all work with children every day. But sometimes, it's nice to talk like adults with adults who share our love of children's books and publishing. I'll be chatting with editors at the world's biggest publishing houses, literary agents, award-winning authors, booksellers, librarians, and even young readers. Join me and my guests as we give you a candid, behind-the-scenes look at children's publishing, the business of telling lies to children. But only the best kinds of lies, of course. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show.
Well, we're rolling. Hi, Jen. Thanks for thanks for joining me on my podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's terrific. So if you could um, j- just start by talking maybe a little bit about um, the Sunshine State Young Readers Award. Now, do, do you call it SSYRA for short, or is there some kind of nifty little pronunciation to as a shorthand, or what do you guys call it? Yeah, we do call it SSYRA for short, um, and you know that stands for the Sunshine State Young Readers Award Program. It's a statewide reading motivation program for students in grades three through eight in Florida. Um, it's one of the state book awards, um, like many states have have book awards for uh, for children's books. And so we have two lists actually. We have a, a list for grades three through five, and then a list for grades six through eight, and then. Um, and that's one committee. And then we actually added a new award, um, the Sunshine State Young Readers Award Junior Program last October. And that committee chooses books for the list of um, for kindergarten through second grade. And so and then we have another committee through our state organization that chooses books for young adults. So we've kind of covered the whole gamut now. But the SSYRA program is specifically for upper elementary and middle school. And the purpose is to encourage students to read independently for pleasure and to read books that are, you know, on below average, their reading level, um, in order to improve their reading fluency. But mostly it's for pleasure. We want kids to be able to find a book that interests them, that um, seems fun, and hopefully will help them develop into lifelong readers. Yeah, and that's so important, right, to have kids reading because because they want to, not because somebody's forcing a book into their hands. Yeah, that's the whole goal. I mean, we do a lot in school where we have them read for, you know, a grade um, or to test them on it and to test their their reading skills. And, you know, there's a there's definitely a a purpose for that, a need for that. But um, we want to turn students into lifelong readers. And you can't really do that just with um, skill and drill, read a passage, answer some questions. So we want to expose them to a lot of different types of literature and varied genres and and maybe things that they wouldn't normally pick up, you know. So that's that's the whole goal of the program. Right. And I, and I should mention you're now you're the chair of the of the uh, one of the committees or all of the committees or how to. Yeah, I'm the chair of the committee that chooses the three through five list and the six through eight list. OK, cool. And yeah. and what how long is uh, how long is the SSYRA program, been, the the overall program been in existence? I know you said that the that the junior one is is relatively new, but how about the how about the older levels? Uh, we started in I think '81. I can pull that oh, wow. okay. up really quickly, but you know, over 30 years, um, reaching 40 soon. Or I haven't done the math. Maybe it is 40. I oh, know it's not 40 yet. So um, uh, math is not my strong suit. Mine, uh, mine, there are no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, since the early 80s, and it, originally it was started as there was one list of books, and the list of books was for grades four through eight. And then after three or four years, they decided um, to split it and have two lists um, to really reach more students and and different age groups because very rarely do you hand the same book to a third grader that you would hand to an eighth grader. Right, so of yeah, yeah. And then um, and then about 10 or 11 years ago, the high school committee was formed, and then last October the the primary committee was formed. So it's, it's got a long history and, um, it's, it's really been very successful every year. There's, there's more and more students voting last year, over 70,000 students in the state of Florida voted. Um, so that's great. That's pretty great. That's great outreach. How about now, obviously for people who haven't been to Florida, um, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a large state. I mean, it's, it's a vast state. I mean, how, how, uh, geographically do you have, are, are you, uh, 
uh, pretty uh, diverse as far as as far as participation, or is it is it you know is it uh, do you get more participation in say central and northern Florida as opposed to southern Florida, or how's that how's that sort of pan out? It's really pretty um, pretty spread out. I mean, we've got um, you know students in in all sixty seven counties voting, so that's it's it's pretty well received across the entire state, which is great. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's terrific. And and how do you so uh, you know for for writers who are listening or or people in publishing for that matter, um, you know state lists are are such an important part of uh, of. The, the children's market. I mean, it's it's a great way for authors to uh, get get discovered, get uh, get in front of more readers. Just about for my own curiosity, how do how do you go when you're on the committee? How do you go about uh, you know picking the books that you choose? How do you go about finding them? Is I imagine it's a pretty collaborative process with other members of the committee. How's, if could you give us a little insight on how that works? Sure, that's a, actually a really great way to describe it as a collaborative effort. Uh, there is a form on the FAME website, which is the state organization that sponsors the SSYRA program, and anyone can nominate a book so or recommend a book. So students, we get recommendations from students, we get recommendations from teachers and librarians and parents and authors and publishers. Um, so we get, I got a, a recommendation this year from a state representative in South Florida recommending um, oh. a book written by uh, someone who, an author who lives in his district and he's aware of it and he really wanted us to be aware of it. So the recommendations come from, you know, lots of different places. And then of course, you know, as the chair, I kind of seek out um, titles uh, as best I can, things that are coming out new and hot and um, exciting. So, so we get our, our titles from a lot of different places and then the committee. So there's, uh, 20 people on the committee and we're spread out all over the state of Florida and they read between 250 and 300 books a year to pick the 15 for each list. So, um, it's, it's a lot of work. It's basically a book a day is what we what we have to read. That's far more than I read. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, frankly, it's far more than I ever read before I got on the committee <laughs> as well. It's just, yeah. it's a very heavy load, but it's, um, it's really well worth it because it's, it's such a great program. Yeah, that's, that, that's wonderful. And, and how do you, uh, how do you make this? Sometimes do you, do you encounter books sometimes that it, it they're hard to slot? So, so maybe do you come across a book that you say, well, this, this is a book I think that would be, be great for our list. But we're not sure if it should be, you know, if it's more for the, you know, sixth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders as opposed to like a fourth grader. I mean, do you ever do you ever find uh, books that are in the kind of the middle ground and you have, you have some difficulty putting them one place or the other? We do. And then sometimes we find books that are great for both. And so we have in the past had what we call a crossover book um, where it, a book is, you know, we really think we could hand it to a um you know, a third grader and an eighth grader. And so we end up putting it on both lists. So um, that happens as well. Yeah. But there are some times where maybe the characters are, are young, but the content, maybe what they go through is more mature, takes a more mature reader. Sure. So sure. that makes it a little hard um, to put on a list because when you're putting it on a list, you know, you're saying that it's good for this age, for any child in this age group. And so that sometimes does make it a little bit difficult. Yeah, but that, that, I mean, that can be a challenge, especially if, you know, there's content that, that you know, some readers might be sensitive to or, or you know, they're not emotionally mature enough to handle. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. 
Yeah. So, uh, so, that, so that's, um, and I, you know, I, I checked out your list this year and it's, it's really, it's an interesting mix. You know, it, it also, it, it also strikes me and I, I, I could be wrong. You, you tell me, but it seems like you try to, um, have a variety of different genres on there. So you don't, it's not all, you know, science fiction or all fantasy or all realistic fiction. It looks like you try to get a, so that maybe there's something for everybody. That's, that's definitely our goal. Um, we don't have a formula like, oh, we've got to have a fantasy and we've got to have a sci-fi and we've got to have a realistic. We don't, you know, we don't really set out to fill spots, you know, so to speak, but we definitely do like to have a well-rounded list with a little bit of something for everybody. Um, because we're trying to reach not, not just our kids who are going to read, um, anyway, we want to reach all the kids. And so we want to offer something for everybody. And sometimes, um, you know, reluctant readers maybe have a niche that they really like. Um, and so we do try to, you know, have something for everybody. Yeah. Now, do you, do you find, do you find that the program, and I don't know if you get this kind of feedback or not, but do you find that the program is particularly successful in reaching those reluctant readers? We get a lot of feedback that it is. Um, you know, I get a lot of emails from kids and librarians um, that say, you know, this book, and then they, you know, name a title, turned me into a reader. And it's because I wanted to go to the pizza party that my librarian was having, or I wanted right. to sure. be a part of the, I wanted to be a part of the Sunshine State, you know, program because my friends were doing it. And, um, or a teacher maybe read a book to them in class uh, from the Sunshine State list, and it you know really turned them on to to reading when maybe they were reluctant before. So, uh, yeah, and and we get that feedback from authors too. That authors hear that from kids when they're when they're out meeting them at schools that um, their book when it was on the list reached some kids that maybe wouldn't have read it uh, had it not been on the list. So that's that's very exciting. Yeah, I, you know that's one of the great things. I've talked to other authors, and and the same goes for me. Is is every now and then you you'll get a story. Somebody will come up, and it's often from a librarian or a parent, and they'll share that their reluctant reader who never wanted to pick up a book. It was always like pulling teeth to get them to sit down and read. Um, that if your books, you know, your book has touched them in some way, and has really inspired them to to go off and find something similar, and and now they've become avid readers, and and. You know, those those are the things that that I think help remind us why we do what we do. Exactly. Uh, and the other thing that's great about it is, you know, so we've got the 15 books on the list, and then in the spring, the students in Florida, if, as long as they've read at least three of those 15, they can vote for their favorite, and then the librarians submit their votes um, to you know the committee, and and the book that gets the most votes wins the award, the Sunshine State Young Readers Award. So. I find that once I kind of hook a kid on Sunshine State books, maybe when they're in third grade, so it's the first year that they're doing Sunshine State, might hook them on something this year. And then if I can, you know, get them back in based on that, the reading of that book, I can pull out past award, past Sunshine State winners, past Sunshine State books and say, okay, well, you liked that Sunshine State book. Here's another one. This one was also on the list, but maybe a couple of years ago when you were in kindergarten. And so sometimes you can hook them and get them reading other things because of that, which is really great. So that's another nice thing about the Sunshine State list is, you know, you've got all these past years of, of wonderful books that, you know, maybe because there's something else new out, they're not finding it, but they'll find it because it's on the list. And it sounds like the librarians across across the state are pretty are pretty bought into the the process i mean they're obviously the, the program's been around for a long time so they're familiar with it and it, it's it like as, again given the participation numbers you know, it sounds like it's the type of thing that really has has uh 
you know, some legs and, and, and gets out there and there's, there's a lot of involvement. It, it, yes, we get that kind of feedback a lot. And, you know, with the number of schools that are participating, we certainly feel that we're, we're, you know, pretty popular program with librarians and schools. Um, and then, you know, I, since I've been chair of the committee and I've been working with publishers, um, you know, when, when books make the list, I you know, communicate with them quite a bit. And, uh, I hear from lots of publishers that they love when their books make the Sunshine State list because it's so, it's such a big state and it's, it's a well-proven list that's, you know, always had great books on it. So it's, it's exciting when they're, when their author's books make the list. Well, and there's, and I think they see a noticeable bump in sales. I know I did. I mean, it, it was, did right you? A, yeah, right away. I mean, it was, it was a noticeable bump just, and it was extended for a period of uh, several weeks, if not months where it, oh, was, great. it was elevated, which is, which is terrific. And, you know, I, I, it's hard to see exact numbers. I just, but I could see that a lot of it was coming from Florida. Um, yeah. and that's oh, good. Yeah. And, and so that's, it, it's really terrific. And, and I think, you know, there there are there are state lists like yours, I think, that have that effect because they're big states, because they're they're great programs that are that are uh, well known throughout their state, and people are very involved in them. That it can really, you know, it can really make a big difference for an author and, and a publisher. Yeah, we we actually have um, a really great story about that because when uh, let me look, I'm looking at the list now. It was 2010, 2011. Um, the book that won is called Ob Gerbil on the Loose. And it was written by uh, an author named Michael Delaney, and it was his first book. And he, um, it was a great book. I mean, it won, you know, right. we loved it. We loved it when we put it on the list and then the kids loved it, obviously. So we, uh, when he came to Florida to accept his award, we took him to dinner to celebrate. And he told us that his book, he had just received notice from the publisher that they were going to remainder the book and he wasn't going to get another book deal. And because it, you know, just hadn't done well enough. And then it made the list and he found out it made the list because he had set up a Google alert and his Google alert started going off like crazy because, you know, all these librarians were putting it on their websites yep. and, yep. you know, it was all over the place. And so he got all excited, but he still didn't really know what it meant. Well, then it's, you know, sold like crazy and then it won. And so he got um, two sequels out of it because you know, it had done so well and it was so popular. And so he sat at dinner and told us you, the, this list saved my writing career because I was about to be done, you know? And, and then because of the Florida list, it, it revived his career. And it was really cool to hear because, you know, we love that, that that could do that for his book because it was such a great book. And it's you a know? great and it's a great story. And, and you know, we were, I think before we started recording, we were we were talking about that there are, there are a lot of there are so many great books out there. There are so many talented authors who, who don't necessarily get, you know, the light shown on them like like it should be um, only because I mean, it's just because there's so much out there and it's it's hard for it's hard for readers. It's hard for librarians. It's hard for media specialists to, you know, to find everything without having some help sometimes. So, yeah. so that's a great, it that's is. a terrific, that's a terrific, that's a terrific story. Well, and you know, Roland Smith has told us in the past that, um, winning Sunshine State was so meaningful to him because he appreciates that it was on the list. Any of his books were on the list because that means the librarians liked it and we put it on the list and it, you know, the kids were getting it and, you know, it was getting some attention. And so, you know, he appreciates it just being on the list. But then when he won, it was like huge because he knew that came from the children. Right. And so that's another cool thing about the program is sure librarians put the books on the list, but then the kids are the ones that 
that vote for their favorite. And so it's really special for the books that win because that's coming from the kids. Yeah, those are. It's always nice to get to get kids reviews and to get any kind of any kind of kids input as far as whether or not, whether they like your books because ultimately that's that's what children who children's authors are writing for. We're writing for kids. I mean, it's nice to right. get it's nice to get reviews and of course everybody wants to have their books sell so they can keep writing. But of course, um, but when you, we when kids are when your when your target audience are the ones who you're getting feedback from, um, that's what really makes you feel good because for the most part you know even when you get positive reviews and the trades and things like that that's not your target audience uh, right and and you know they can write wonderful things they can write terrible things uh, but when you're in schools and you actually have kids coming up to you and talking about your characters and talking about twists and turns and you sort of see emotion in their face um that's the that's the best part of this that, that's yeah. the, that's the part that that makes it just so much fun well and that's you know that's why i do this job i mean it is there's nothing more fun in my job than when a child comes back to me after reading a book that I've helped them pick and they say, this is my favorite book ever, or I loved this book. I mean, that joy that you see in their eyes is just, it makes all the bad days worth it. And so I imagine that's, that's similar for authors when you get to meet the kids and hear from them about it, about your own book. Absolutely. And, and speaking of, so in speaking of your job now, obviously you can't, you can't chair this full-time in addition to reading a book every day you also you're a full-time librarian right i am yeah i'm I'm a school librarian at a k-12 school in tallahassee we're a developmental research school sponsored by the florida state university so i have kindergarten through 12th grade i have 1700 kids and uh, i'm the only librarian so i'm I'm fortunate (laughs) yeah i'm fortunate to have full-time assistant but um assistants i have two but um i couldn't do it without them but yeah it's it's a it's a busy job but then on top of it you know chairing the committee and reading 300 books it's yep. it's pretty busy yeah so so what do you what do you as far i mean that's a really broad range obviously you're doing k, k through 12 i mean you're getting the full you know from from yep. uh, coming in to going out the door i mean you're, oh, yeah. you're getting them right through what what kind of difference i mean do you do you have you been there long enough or do you get to actually see kids or students who, who stay sort of through the, or, or close to through the whole, the whole. Trip. Oh yeah. yeah. So we have, yeah, they call them the 13 year club. Yeah. So kids that start in kindergarten and go all the way through to graduation, they're yeah. the 13 year club and they do special things. And in fact, they, they gave me the award, the 13 year club award this past year. Um, I started, they were fourth graders when I started. I've, this is, I'm going into my 10th year now. Right. And, um, so it has been really fun to see these kids and they're, you know, going off to college and we've got a kid, you know, playing football at a just division one school. And we got kids that, that have gone into the, you know, military academies and they're starting to graduate and get married and have babies. And it's really neat to see them grow up from, you know, a young age and, and go on and through high school and go off to do great things in the world. Yeah, well, as well as a librarian, so so this is I'm curious about this because one one of the things I've learned having been doing you know tons and tons of school visits over the past few years uh, is well one is how and I'm not saying this because I have a librarian on the on the phone being interviewed with me <laughs> but is how is how incredibly cool children's librarians are especially at schools. Oh well, thank you. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I almost never run across a librarian who just isn't completely awesome and totally into you know the kids and books and just enthusiastic and thrilled. Um, and so one, I've learned just how wonderful they are. I don't, I, I suppose they were when I was a kid too, but I just, I don't think I appreciated them the way I do now. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I, uh, be, 
decided to become a librarian. I actually worked in politics prior to my oh, career really? as a librarian. Yeah. yeah. I worked in, uh, in state government politics for about 10 years. So, um, when I made the change, you know, it, it I did a lot of reflection about the, my librarians as a child and I couldn't tell you one of their names. I couldn't even tell you what my high school librarian looked like. I mean, I have no memory of this. And so I, when I started, I said, you know what, I don't want that to be the situation with my students. I want my kids to at least remember me, know who I was. You know, you try to reach every child and you hope that you do. I realize the reality is you probably, you know, don't have a bond with every child when you have 1700 kids, but I, I just want kids to have a, a feeling about their school library that it was a place that they could come and they could get work done and they could socialize with their friends and they could learn things. And, and, you know, sometimes even just chill out or feed the library fish or whatever they want to do in the library that um, gives them a good memory of that for their, for their lifetime. So yeah, and it's you know it's funny you say that because that I think is one that was like the second thing that I noticed is is I don't have a lot of memories or recollection of the school librarians when I was a kid, but now the librarians I've met are so uh, interactive and so like the kids are so thrilled to come in and see them and they're talking about the books they checked out and do you have one that's like this or like that and oftentimes there's a fish or a hamster or you know a <laughs> guinea pig this yep. there's, always, there's always some sort of small creature it seems that lives in the library. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and it's just it just seems like such a warm, inviting place. And I don't know if that's a more modern approach to you know library sciences uh, than than it used to be, but it but or also maybe the places I'm going are obviously librarians who are very tuned in to wanting to bring in authors, and you know that, that might be some of it too. That could be some of it. I think the the field has changed. I, I think definitely you know it's not a quiet place anymore. That um, the kids will tell you all the time that I'm the loudest person in the library and they have to shush me because I'm so loud, but I, I don't want this to be a quiet place where I have to shush the kids and, and, you know, they have to, they can't touch the furniture and they can't touch the books and they can't do anything. I don't want it to be like that. And I feel like a lot of librarians now have that same philosophy. Like, let's get dirty. Let's take things apart and put them back together and figure out how electricity works with some circuits and let's have a maker space and build a Lego wall and let's, you know, build a robot and let's, you know, talk about this book. Let's have a book club where we eat our lunch and talk loud about this awesome book. Um, you know, that kind of stuff I think is going on in, in a lot of libraries now. And that's, that's great because I don't think learning can only happen if you're sitting reading a book quietly and thinking in your own head. I think there's a lot of learning that can be done, um, you know, loud and with other people collaboratively. And I think a lot of librarians have that approach now, which is great. Yeah, it's it's de it's definitely awesome, and it's it's you know libra libraries don't have to be like mausoleums. I mean, they can Gosh, be at, no, you know, please don't. Yeah, oh. right, and and they can be fun places that you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? want to go. Now, have you seen in being there for 10 years? I mean, have you and having some kids that have been there throughout? Do you find it interesting? Do you see kids reading patterns evolve uh, and change as they get older or the tastes change or or is that an interesting process for you? You know, it really is because I think, I mean, here's the funny thing. When I started, I had done all of my, my internship had been in elementary school. And as I was in library school and doing projects and papers and stuff, I always kind of focused on elementary school. And when I got hired, there were two librarian positions here and they were both open and I was hired to be the secondary librarian. And so I said to the secondary principal, you know, I'm a little nervous about this. I've never really worked with high school kids. I don't really know what they're like. I don't really know what, I don't, I don't know how they think. I don't know what to do with them. And she said, look, 
they're the same kids in bigger bodies. They still like stickers. They still like rewards. They still want to talk to you about, you know, movies and cartoons and, you know, all that kind of stuff too. They're just in bigger bodies and then they're a little, little more mature. And so she said, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. And, and sure enough, that's, that's what I've found. Big kids like to be read to as well, you know, out loud and they like stickers and they like fun things. And, um, you know, so it, it's, at the same time that, you know, my kindergartners are, are reading different things than my high school kids. I mean, obviously, because my kindergartners are reading short books. They love nonfiction about animals because that's what they know. That's their experience in life. Um, you know, and then my high school kids are reading romances and sci-fi and murder mysteries. And, you know, obviously that content's not appropriate for the little guys. But um, I think, you know, they all love nonfiction. It just takes a little different form and they all love fiction and that takes a little different form. And but, you know, I can crack up a, a high school class with a picture book that that cracks up the kindergartners. So um, it's it's interesting that as much as as different as they are, they're all still the same, too. Where do you see um, where do you, where do you see uh, your job? And by your job, I don't mean your particular job. I'm sure you're not going anywhere. Unless, <laughs> but, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, right. But I mean, <laughs> but, but, but where, where do you see, where do you see the profession of um, you know librarian, media specialist? Where, where do you see it going? Uh, how do you see it evolving? Do you like the direction it's going? And to, it, to me, I mean, everything you've described and and what we've been talking about, it, to me, everything sounds like changes for the better. I mean, what's your what's your perspective on it? I think I think we're heading in a great direction. Um, you know, the the new hot trend right now is creating makerspaces um, where kids can you know build things and create things, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a high tech um, type of thing that they're creating. There's you know a lot of makerspaces are including Legos or sewing or uh, Lincoln Logs or connects, you know, things like that, and then they can you know, range into the robotics and engineering and 3D printers, um, which we have a couple. So, you know, I think that's a really cool um, thing that we're doing now through the libraries. Public libraries are doing it too, which is great because then the kids are getting that in their um, time away from school if their parents take them to the public library. Um, Because that's, that's all critical thinking and creation. And that's what we want the kids doing. I, I don't want to read them a book and then them be able to recite to me, you know, character names and colors of sweaters and what the, you know, when the dog ran away in the book. I want them to be able to think of, you know, about themes and um, bigger picture things. So I want them, you know, doing that critic, that higher order thinking that that is our goal as teachers. So um, makerspaces really afford them a lot of opportunities to be able to do those kinds of things. And so I think that's, that's a really cool trend that's happening right now in the school libraries. Yeah, that, that sounds like a cool trend. Uh, that sounds like, again, just another way to make libraries more, more vibrant, more of a, more of a center. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah, that's true. What, as, so what as, I won't lump in publishers with us cause they're a different animal altogether, but as, as authors, what what can we be doing better to connect with your young readers? Um, or what what kind of work can we be doing to 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 do to reach the kids better or do do a, do a better job make your make your lives easier? You know, a, a lot of authors are doing these things already, but um, I would say connecting on social media has been wonderful. Um, you know, all a lot of authors are on Twitter, and um, the kids can connect, you know, with authors that way and ask questions, and even just sometimes tell you how much they love your book. You know, it's 
it's so fulfilling for them to be able to reach out, you know, in a, you know, kind of an instant gratification way to say, Hey, I really loved your book. And then the author write back and say, Hey, thanks. And you know, it, it can be as simple as that, but it really makes the kids days and it makes things more real that a real person wrote the book. Um, and you just talk to them on Twitter. Um, Skypes are awesome. You know, yep. when authors, authors are doing a lot of Skypes and mm-hmm. a lot of them Skype for free, which is fabulous because yep. You know, some schools really have budget problems. And so a free Skype um, that connects the kids with the authors is really fabulous. Um, and then, you know, author visits are great. But I think, you know, everybody's busy and, and airlines are expensive. And yep. so um, social media and Skype has really opened doors um, for connecting kids with authors and making the literature come alive. And that's that's been really great. So the more authors that can do that, the, the better. Um out of our 30 Sunshine State authors, I think there's like less than five that don't have Twitter accounts. So it's it's really great because it, it lets the librarians and the kids connect um, pretty quickly with authors. Yeah, it's pretty much an it's pretty much a necessity now. And and I found you know I'm I was never I never had a Twitter account until I became a published author. I never had I never had Facebook or Instagram or any of that stuff either. <laughs> but but it's been wonderful. And especially with Twitter, I think one of the one of the great things has been able to connect with. Uh, teachers and classrooms and librarians. In fact, that's that's sort of indirectly how we got connected was through Twitter. Yeah. So, so it it's just a, it's, it is a wonderful way to 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 connect with folks and and most of the authors I know. In fact, I don't know any who don't also who don't do Skype visits. I mean, I do them. Most of my friends who are authors do Skype visits, and most of us do the Skype visits for free. Um, yeah. Because because it's just. You know, it's an, it's it's usually you know twenty minutes, half an hour. You do it as like a Q and A. You just spend, and you know, you, it's nice sometimes if the kids have read or at least familiar with your book, and then they can just ask you questions. And it's yeah, it, it it doesn't require an investment of much time or energy on the author's part, and it can really make a huge difference for you know a classroom full of kids. And you can also do it with just you know it can be one it can be just one or two classes. It doesn't have to be a big huge. You don't need an auditorium. You don't need a you know a, a gym or a big assembly or anything. It's just you need right. you know one. One English or reading teacher, or somebody willing to, you know, to to spend twenty minutes or a half hour to their class with with an author. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of Skype visits. I think it's a great way to, to just get in and meet more kids in far flung places that you otherwise wouldn't. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And are you on Kate Messner's list of authors that are that do Skypes for free? Uh, I don't think I'm on her particular list. No. I well, uh, got to get on her list because yeah. she she kind of you know collates this list of of authors that are willing to Skype um, for free or not for free. And, and that's a great list to be on because it's, you know, pretty well publicized. But yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's awesome that these authors do it and then publicize it. You know, it's, yep. it's not like you have to seek them out too hard. Now authors, you know, put it right out there that they're willing to Skype and, and that's wonderful. Yeah, we're easy to find. I mean, it's not, <laughs> for the most part, it's, yeah. it's, it's not hard to find us. Um, I know some, sometimes I think there are, I think some, People are still a little bit shy about reaching out to authors, but I think what what they really have to realize is that we're just uh, we're just people, and we're just people too. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're just and and we're actually happy to do it. I mean, most uh, most authors I know, you know, of course myself included, we we love to get into schools, we love to Skype, we love to we love to you know meet kids, especially. We're not always so great with adults. I mean, sometimes <laughs> sometimes we're a little we're, we 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 suffer some from social anxiety and we're odd and we can have our own our quirks and things like that. But usually with kids, we're pretty great. We're pretty much spot on. That must be why librarians get along so well with authors because we're a little quirky as well. I think so. I think it comes with the territory. 
It does. It does. Yeah, it's okay though. Well, well, Jen, you've been you've been terrific. I, I really thank you for spending some time with me today and and, and talking about the the great SSYRA program and you know, your thoughts about about the field of, of you know being a librarian and and I I learned something new so it's, it's oh good it's, well I'm I'm glad to do it you know anytime I get to talk about Sunshine State it makes me happy and um you know we're just thrilled to have Look Uglies on the the middle school list this year it's such a fantastic book and it's exciting to get it in the kids hands even more than we did before oh well thanks so much I, and I, I'm 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 uh, honored and, th- and thrilled to be on the list I think it's terrific well, great well thank you again you are so welcome glad to do it. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Telling Lies to Children was brought to you by, well, nobody. Just me and my guests. One of the nice things about being completely unknown in the vast world of podcasting is that you don't have to listen to me read 10 minutes worth of ads at the beginning and end of every episode. But I hope you'll check out my website, pauldurhambooks.com. There you can find out more about the Luck Ugly series, you can book a school visit, you can shop the newly opened Dead Fish Inn gift shop, or just reach out and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find links to all of my guests' websites and social media there. So until next time, I wish you happy reading, ugly luck, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. See you next time.